Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always, my good friend and co-host, Mr. Ethan Carter. What is up, Vincent? How you doing, man? Happy May. Oh my, I can't believe it's May. It, I really can't believe it. Is it is it May flowers time? Because I'm hearing some April showers outside my uh, window right now. Yeah, it is supposed to rain here all week. It's I know. gonna it's one of those, but what a wash. At least yeah. the weekend was nice. It was it was nice. Yeah, nicer than sure. expected. Of course, I was in my shop the whole weekend. Poor it, me. It's funny too. Yeah, I the weekend before I was doing stuff out in the driveway. I think I talked about it. Uh-huh. And then this weekend I was just inside. I had a lot of house like things around the house projects this week. Oh, I hate house yeah, projects. Yeah, me too. It's just I it's it's so unrewarding for some reason. <laughs> Dude, I can finish like the little project that I finished for my client this weekend. I finished and you can go to my Instagram feed and see it. I don't want to talk it's too much cool, about yeah. it. Yeah, but uh, cuz I know that the person who it's for listens to the show okay. and might be so. listening with the person who's getting it. Mm. Um but yeah, look at my Instagram. You'll see what I made this weekend and I I felt like that was the greatest accomplishment of my life. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh yeah, but you also have to change like outlets and switch plates and right. lighting and stuff because we, you know, we do have to get this house ready to sell it. Right. And there's stuff that we've done. We've done a lot. We've actually, you know, 20 years you accumulate a lot of crap. So oh, yeah, purging 20 years worth of crap takes a long time, and we've purged a ton of stuff. And I'm really happy with how much we got done. But then I look at all the house projects before we get the real estate people in here, and I'm just like, oh. I just don't want to do that. I know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's especially, yeah, especially when you're selling your house too. It's like, exactly. it's, because I'm not even going to be able to enjoy like, it. Oh, oh, cool. Because now I'm going to do these, I'm going to do this sale thing. And it's like, oh, good. That means I'm going to have strangers in and out of my right. house constantly. Oh, I just hope. Well, and it's, it, but in, yes, it turns into money and those types of things, but it's not, it's not a direct. Oh, blind! You know, this is totally me being a first world complainer. I yes, totally exactly. understand. Come on, yeah. Especially with house values in this neighborhood, mm-hmm. I could. This couldn't come at a better time. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous so, right now. Yeah, it's. I am definitely not complaining, but oh boy, is I just. Yeah, it's just hate. not. It's not the things that you want to be doing. On exactly. The right. Exa- I, I mean, gotcha. Yeah. I. I after talking to Amy, <laughs> yeah. after talking to Amy last week, I was like, all right, I'm getting a damn mug press. Like that's yeah. it, and. I actually was able to secure a mug press, which and is I promise impossible myself, right now. That's what I want to be doing. Like I want to be right. playing with that right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I bought eight mugs to play with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, making yeah. mugs like crazy. But, <laughs> you know, again, it is what it is. And I, I I promised myself I wasn't going to touch that thing until I finished the project for my client, and it went out today. Which means tomorrow morning, after I edit this fabulous podcast um do all the socials set up the video set up all the instagram stuff that goes into our wonderful instagram account now it because we make (laughs) um after i do all that i'm finally going to make my first mug which i'm very excited i I do the same thing vincent i i like sometimes with projects i'm Mm -hmm. like i need to do this for either a custom order or like a brand that i've been you know I'm still have never been sponsored, but like I, you know, I work with brands and they're really good to me, but I, so I still feel obligated to get the, and I'm like, all right, if I do that, then I get to do one of my fun, ridiculously (laughs) stupid projects that really make me happy. Right. And like, I, I I do do that, which is so funny. I'm an an adult. I should be able to do what I want, but I still, you know, 
no, you're not an adult. Neither no, am not. I. We're no, not adults. Not. We're just old. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> this, this That's age, a good t-shirt right there. Right age there. does not an adult make. That's mm-hmm. the philosophy mm-hmm. here. Um, we have a, we actually do have a guest tonight. We though. do. We do. Um, he is well a winner. A the winner. The winner. The winner of the Unwrap a Project Challenge. Yep, yep. He is a coffee purchaser for this very podcast. Yes, he is. He is Jeff, a.k.a. a weird guy. Hi, Jeff. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. It's going wonderfully. And welcome to the show. And it's probably been way too long where you weren't on the show, which is totally my fault because I booked the guest and I'm an idiot. So welcome but, aboard. That's, that's okay. Um, I, I wasn't in a rush. I figure the longer it takes me to get on the show, the more interesting things I'll have accomplished to talk about. I like that. That's Did a great, great mindset. Yeah. Well, I think so. Okay, I, cool. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain I'm probably a more interesting guest now than I would have been six months ago. That's, you know, that's actually a really good way to look at it. Like just being a more interesting, more well-rounded, like having more to talk about type person. It's... I'm trying to think. I feel like I'm less interesting now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I should take some advice from you, Jeff. I don't, I didn't, I, I, so I get um, OneDrive. If you set your photos to upload automatically, OneDrive in the app will do that. What time hop does basically, mm-hmm. which is show you. So every morning I get a notification around 9 a.m. And it's, you know, one year ago, two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. And I look at some of the pictures from five years ago and I'm like, did I really was that did was that me? Like, right. did I really do that? Like, I don't even recognize the stuff that I was taking pictures. I mean, I recognize the thing, but like, why was I taking a picture of that? Like, who even cares, you know? And yeah, you do change a lot in a, sometimes a very short period of time. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome though. But yeah, yeah welcome, Jeff. I'm, it's been, I, you know, you've been, actually, you, you've been a participant in both of our challenges mm-hmm. and a uh, huge supporter of the show, which I can't thank you enough. I mean, you, you're, you're probably one of the most supportive people of the show. And it's just so nice to finally have you on and get to talk to you and, and, and get to introduce you guys to introduce you to everyone that listens. So, yeah, I, I, and I feel like most, a lot of people that listen probably know you because you are pretty supportive in the community, but, mm-hmm. uh, but it's, it's exciting for those that haven't met you. So. Yeah, he's an you're an OG. <laughs> yeah, well, o- it's it, it's fun to be here, although I got to say it's a little bit weird from this side because <laughs> I have been I've been listening to you guys for the last, say, year and a half, probably. Mm-hmm. And I talk to you guys during the podcast all the time. <laughs> I've never had you respond to me before. <laughs> Are you one of those people like me that just like you shout at your radio or somebody's forgetting something and you're like, go, it's, it's John Cusack. It's John Cusack. Damn it. It's John Cusack. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be doing that in the car. I'll be yelling at the dashboard and go, oh, come on, Vincent. It's that. (laughs) Or, or I'll try to fill in the word that Ethan needs before he gets to whatever. <laughs> like or when I totally boomered the name of Christy Dean and Austin's podcast last week, which was pretty damn hysterical. And I know at least Austin heard it, so that was pretty funny. It's yeah. so funny. Yeah, that yeah. 
I I really, Jeff, you need to just come on the podcast and just every time I get to that point, say the word because I need that. <laughs> <laughs> we all need that fill in, right? The, yeah, the exactly, spackle. Exactly. Jeff, Jeff can be the spackle guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the word you're thinking of, Ethan, is. Uh... <laughs> just don't say, just don't say actually because actually, actually makes my skin crawl. Like it's <laughs> actually, oh, you know what? Now I'm going to be saying that all night. Vincent. <laughs> actually, I've started disliking <laughs> that word recently myself. Um, I, I'd heard myself say it one too many times when I was recording the toolbox videos. And mm-hmm. I just, by the time I was done and I heard it in the finished video, I just, I, I, I think I actually want to try avoiding that word now. <laughs> you can't. It's a hard word. It's a really hard word to avoid. It's one that if you use it a lot, it, I mean, look, I'm just, I'm saying this as someone who's one half of a set of bingo cards because I have so many crutches, but <laughs> it's hard to get rid of them. Like when you have you get a, used to it. Yeah. yeah it just it, becomes part of your speech pattern. Yeah, for sure. Look, there's nothing, there's nothing that makes those uh, that more obvious than one recording a podcast and listening back to it because you are talking all the time and you do all the things that we have a bingo card for. But also <laughs> to your point, Jeff, doing the on camera, like the headshots. Oh my gosh. I just am pained when I watch it because I, I, I hear you. I do the same thing. I'm like, <laughs> I say the same words over and over again and the same like ticks and uh, yeah, it's brutal. Yep. It's, it's it's rough, especially when you're not used to it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm right. I'm not used to standing in front of a camera and talking four feet from the microphone. Mm-hmm. But uh, I should get used to the camera and maybe fix that mic issue. Well, at least you. But the one thing you did do that I was actually pretty because you don't do a ton of like you don't do like you're not a stories guy for the most part. Your stories are usually you pointing at something you're doing more than you pointing the camera at yourself. But the one thing you did do in your videos that impressed the hell out of me was you looked at the camera lens. Right. And it's the one thing that people just, for some reason, they can't get it through their head. Even when, especially when they're using the selfie camera on their phone, Mm -hmm. they can't get it through their head that the screen is not what's looking at you. It's that little dot off to the left or up right. above and everybody looks at the screen and it's like, it's okay to check yourself in the screen, but it's but that's a really hard thing to do. It, well, it, so sorry. Well, no, I think ahead. having a monitor makes that problem even worse because yes, you want to yes. see yourself <laughs> and you see if you're in frame. And now I'm, I'm shooting with my camera mm-hmm. and I'm not shooting in selfie mode. So the screen is facing the other way. Yep. Um, and it was, it was a nightmare to get the shot set up because I didn't know if I was in it. I, I would, I would trip the tripod the way I liked it. I'd hit record. I'd walk around in front of it and say, Hey, this is the magic toolbox. And then I'd turn around and come back around and replay it to see if I was actually in the shot or if my head was cut off or what was being done wrong. And yeah, you know, it took me 10, 15 shots just to get the thing lined up because I don't have a monitor. So I don't have anything to look at except for this, the, you know, the camera lens. Jeff, you're 100% right. So I had the exact same problems is I would do the intros to my videos and and 
I've talked about before, it takes me so many takes. I'm just not like, I just can't, I stumble over my words, which I know anyone that's listening to this is not surprised by that, but <laughs> I stumble over my words and those types of things. And so I got a monitor and it's great. It, well, no. So I stumble over my words and then I finally get the, I finally nail it. Right. And I'd go back and look and I was out of focus. And so I got, <laughs> I have a monitor and it works great. And it's actually really nice for like, uh, for filming different shots because you can kind of see what you're you know what you're seeing and the camera and all those things but i i do the monitor and it's great because now i can tell if i'm in focus before i do it but you're absolutely right i am so bad now that i look at the monitor instead of at the camera and so i have to then do it over anyways so it's it is a struggle it's it's not it does not for people that it comes easy to uh god bless you i wish i was that way but it's not it's a struggle (laughs) it's a struggle for sure one of the hardest one of the hardest things so at one point I was doing I was vlogging and doing a daily talking head type video and one of the hardest things that I found was to maintain the eye contact mm-hmm. like it's one thing to have the eye contact like you know you can figure that part out that that kind of happens but what was happening to me was I would get the eye contact and then my eyes would drift around the room and I'd be like talking to the corner of the ceiling and then I'd be like you're on camera. What are you doing? Stop doing that. Like, just stop. And you almost start subconsciously coaching yourself to make yourself not do dumb things. Right. But, well, it was, it was, uh, what, what, what were well, we doing? Why were we recording? A bonus that you're trying to learn from your mistakes instead of just blindly repeating them over and over that's again. Good point. Take yeah. that as a positive. Point. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Yeah, what was the uh, what were we doing, Vincent? We were recording something, and uh, it was videoed, so it wasn't our podcast. I, I completely blanked. Oh, might it might have been us because we've done a couple of the lives. Yeah, so. no, but it was it was. What was it? I don't know. But what we were, uh, uh, and they were. Yeah, no, because there's someone else. They posted a story of me talking. And I did not look at the like make eye contact once in <laughs> in like three stories of me talking and talking about something, and I did not make eye contact with the camera once. And it's <laughs> partly because I, it, because of this, we don't record, we don't video this, no. and so I'm kind of used to just being able to like look in the corner, like you said. And yeah. and thank uh, God we don't, because ninety percent of the time my eyes are closed. Yeah. I'm not even gonna lie, I sit here <laughs> most of the time with my eyes closed because I just find it easier to block out the world if i just listen to the headphones and close my eyes and just you know like drift away into the conversation and everything just goes much smoother that way and but then I, I can do asmr <laughs> asmr <laughs> but back to back to your videos jeff i commend you though because you did mm-hmm. a ton of on-camera yep shots for the for both videos right and uh uh, well, I mean the the toolbox video. You have two of the toolbox videos, and you did such a good job of that. And so to hear that it was a struggle is like, uh, good, good for you, man. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's not something I'd ever really done before. Is stood in front of the camera and talked. I I've done it like once or twice in my stories just to kind of get a feel for it. But I don't have a 
selfie stick or anything. So I've either <laughs> got to hold the thing up and get this weird angle of my receding hairline, or I've got to <laughs> set up the tripod and try six times to get myself lined in the shot properly. Either way, it's just a hassle. So you should make a focus dummy like John Heiss has. Like that thing is, that's a perfect thing to make. Like it's well, such yeah, a. Uh, uh, Bruce has one too. Bruce has Does like. He? Oh yeah, he he. I don't think he, he didn't bring it to WorkbenchCon, but it came up and broken. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like a. Hard it'd be work. weird if he brought it to WorkbenchCon. Well, because like, it was part of his. <laughs> it was part of his uh, his talk on uh, on exactly what you're talking about, Vincent is yeah. uh, trying to focus things in it. But it, yeah, it's just like a piece of cardboard with like a like if I drew bruce's face you know it would be actually it'd probably be way creepier if i tried but um but yeah then he like actually puts it in the camera frame mm-hmm. and focuses on it and i need to do one of those it would it's be a super really helpful. good it's a yeah. really good idea i i john heist was the first person i ever saw do it and he had it he always had it in the background somewhere and i'm like what the hell is that stupid thing that he keeps showing and what do you need it for it's like you got autofocus you don't need that but then i realized like if you have like um panasonic like a GH5 or uh-huh. G, even a GH4, it's probably a little bit worse. Those cameras have the worst autofocus uh-huh. on God's green earth. And I, anyone who's got a Panasonic camera that's listening, I'm not saying the video quality is not good. I'm saying the autofocus on your camera is trash. It just is. It's known to be trash. It's never going to be good. They Panasonic, for whatever reason, can make TV caliber cameras that can't focus at all. I, I swear my iPhone has a better autofocus than my Nikon. Oh, well, oh, I mean, absolutely. And, <laughs> yeah. and so does my Samsung. But yeah. I mean, those things aren't made for fancy photography. Mm-hmm. Those things are made to make sure that everything in and every shot yeah. is in yeah. the best focus possible. Right. And it's, You're configured, so right. Yeah. it's configured to be the best autofocus mm-hmm. possible more than it is about the image quality. It's well, more it, about the focus. E- mm-hmm. Even even like temperature and, you know, uh, like... It's not you can't you can't adjust anything really. I mean, it's really hard to in adjust video anything. mode. You're talking about yeah, in video yeah, mode. Yeah, so this is the thing with you're right, and that's the thing with Nikon. They take great stills and useless for video, just utterly useless for video, and that's that's a shame too because the the quality of the stills stunning. Well, I, lo- I love my Nikon. I mean, mm-hmm. I've, I've I've been a Nikon guy my entire life. Um, but yeah, I am, I am questioning for the video. Like it, it, it can do well if I do it well, you'll right? Be, you'll, you'll have to do some work after. Yeah. That's, that's the, yeah. that's the trick, right? But I am like the Sony and the Fuji and uh, I don't know. So, so Jeff, I would, I would, it's interesting that you, you shot that with your, that you shot that with your, um, your phone, because I would kind of peg you as kind of one of those guys who would like to just geek out on a bunch of camera equipment and stuff like that. And I guess I just totally misread that. Well, I I guess I just never hit the geek level on it. I <laughs> I, I started I, I started in on the photography thing a, a number of years ago, and I bought a decent mid-range camera it, you know mm-hmm. it's an all-in-one but it has all the manual options and triggers mm-hmm. and buttons and dials and crazy fun things that photography geeks get excited about and <laughs> i i played with it for a while it was a good camera i can't remember who made it because it's somebody that's known for watches not for cameras i can't remember what they were but 
It was good. Uh, it's Timex. I think it's not. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it was, <laughs> no, it was something weird. Um, but it it had a it had high speed footage on it. You could get mm-hmm. you you could toggle it up to you know 100 frames a second or 240 frames a second or whatever, and you could get some cool stuff with it. So I did geek out with it for a while, but and I don't know. I just you know. You like a maker, I like the typical maker. I I learned the basics of how to do something, mm-hmm. and then I moved on. We do yep. that, don't we? We God. Well, I I mean, I still use I still use my. Uh, it's a combination of phone and camera. Like mm-hmm. I use my camera a lot more for YouTube videos, so I can get more like dynamic shots or you know, folk you know, zoom in and stuff like that. But there's nothing wrong with using your your phone. I don't think, especially for Instagram. No, I don't. I don't and and not for nothing, but and you know I know it's a cliche and everyone says it, but it's really the truth. Modern phones, yeah, are better than the cameras people were using five years ago. Oh, five sure. years ago really yeah. wasn't that long ago. I mean, right? You know, and look at a perfect example of someone who was just crushing it with their phone is Jacob from um, Native Son Wood Art and um, Makers figuring it out. Mm-hmm. You know, he basically used his phone for everything for a long freaking time. Right. And he was getting some pretty substantial. Uh, oh, you know who does? Um, uh, Corey, Corey from make shape create. Yeah. He yeah. has his whole process on his phone. Yeah. There's nothing. I mean, it-, it, it comes down to the quality. So it, I guess I, for me, the phone, the, what it takes a little bit more setup to get the right angle and be able to like, and get the right zoom in, right. The zoom mm-hmm. on your phone doesn't work. Right. So to me, it's like that takes a little bit more time, but it's also a lot easier because it's light and like, so it's, it's, it's kind of, at least at this moment, I think there's a little bit of like, it's where do you want to spend your time and what are you trying to achieve? Right. Hmm. That's a good point. That's a good point. And how much money do you want to put in it beyond the device you've already got in your pocket? That's, and that's a really good point too, because I I think I you can, I I honestly think you could you can have a successful YouTube channel and videos with just a phone. It's oh yeah. It might be a little bit harder and it might it might make you know, you might not get quite as many quality you know, interesting shots, but you can do it with a phone now. I and do. to your point, Jeff, like why spend the money? Like if if that's not in your budget or you're kind of wondering whether I am really into this content creation, why invest some money when phones can do so much now? You have you well, have a very practical vibe to you that I'm really I'm I'm not, I'm I kind of knew it was there, but like I didn't really pick up on it as much as I'm picking up on it tonight, and I'm kind of digging it. Um, one of the things that you and I have I, I talk about my CNC all the time, and you and I have the exact same machine. And what I love is your philosophy about what you want to get out of that machine. Is like for me, it was more of a time saver. And, you know, someone that I, someone, I even refer to it as a person. I refer to my CNC by name. Have too. you it's named not, it yet? Oh, yeah. Mine is Tweaky, Tweaky from right. Buck Rogers, the robot assistant from Buck Rogers. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't catch that. That's awesome. Yeah. And that that's, that's pretty much, I refer to Tweaky, like Tweaky is doing something. I don't even, it's like second nature. But for me, it was just a matter of having another set of hands in the shop. But the stuff you're doing with yours, man. I got to be honest, like I'm, I've been watching, I've been watching, and if you guys aren't following Jeff, he's on Instagram as um, at a weird guy. 
he's been work. You've been working on this lampshade that you showed me. You gave me a teaser of it when you first started, and little by little, it's been coming together. And the things that you've done with your CNC, not I mean, that's just one project. You did a good chunk of the uh, Maker's Magic Toolbox with the same machine. And I feel like you're just so far ahead of me. And it's amazing watching you decide you were going to make sure that you got your your money's worth with this machine. It's fascinating to watch. Well, you know, as the original idea was, is that I was going to buy this machine to make things that I could sell. And it was originally intended to be an investment. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just haven't gotten to that phase. That's that's you know, phase one by CNC phase three profit <laughs> phase two is somewhere in the underwear gnome drawer. And it hasn't been out yet. Um, but you know, and what I wanted to make and sell has been on such a moving target that I, I don't know what I want to sell yet, mm-hmm. but I've got a great philosophy on why I haven't started selling a bunch of cheap 2.5D signs yet is <laughs> that most people get their CNC and they, they they start with the easiest project they can do, which is, you know, they, they open their easel, they open their carbide create, they take a simple outline drawing and they they, they carve pockets and outlines and they do 2.5D things. Mm-hmm. And they're like, these are great. People are willing to pay like 30 or 50 bucks for these things. And I can start cranking this out right now. And they do. And they they probably pay off their machine in six months. And they're busting their tail, putting 20 of these things out every week. And they haven't got time to look up. They haven't got time to improve or learn anything new or try anything advanced, they're stuck at level one because they're grinding so hard to keep up with sales at level one. Hmm. And they're happy with that because they're making money, but they're busting their butt and they're not having any fun and they're not using their creativity. So it didn't, it, it didn't. Well, and and, and for way. some people that's that, I mean, that's perfectly fine, right? And, like, right. yeah. Absolutely. And that's the way you want to go about it. Then that's what you should do. And if, if you're in a position where you need to crank that money right back out right now, then that is the way you probably should do it. Mm -hmm. I just happen to have lucked myself into a situation where I'm not desperate to pull money out of that machine quite yet. So instead of going straight into the grind, I'm creating one miscellaneous artistic fun project after the other and each and every project i have put across that machine has been harder or mark more complicated or uses a different technique or something is being advanced in every single project i have not done anything that was just what i did before there's been no repetition. It's all been no, it's, I escalate, make it harder, make it more complicated, make it more interesting. Push yourself Use, every time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, my goal is to find out everything I can possibly do with this machine. And then once I've mastered everything, I ought to be able to create things that are worth $500, not 50. Mm-hmm. 
Right. You know, Good you know I mean, if I make some weird, cool, complicated 3D art piece, somebody will give me $1,500 for it. And I only have to crank out one a month instead of three right. a day. It's it's the quality over quantity issue. You can get there either direction. It's well, just I've I've been lucky enough to have the time to, to work to up to cultivate do it, it the other way. Right. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally, I totally agree with that, and I, I there's something to be said to that because, in, in, in different sense, but in a similar way, it's like that. I go about it like my products as being like I don't want to, I, I'm not trying to just bulk out things, right? So I, I do a lot of one-offs as, as you know, and stuff like that. But I also find it kind of like research and development, and I think that I hear that a little bit with your stuff too. Is like, there's a little bit of kind of seeing what sticks or seeing what works or picking up those skills and adding those skills to the next project. Cause this one isn't going to be that like this one is not going to be your moneymaker. Right. But the next one and the one after that and the one after that are going to be leaps and bounds above that first one, that that's what you want to sell. You don't want to sell that first one because that first one's not your best work. So where your best the, idea. Uh... So, so when is the Exacto version two coming out? Well, that's a good and point. That that was that, that was the one. Does that, it uh, does it shoot the blades across the room? <laughs> it actually cuts for you. It's 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 magic. It's amazing. <laughs> well, that would that, that it, well, there's also that where you just stumble across something that you never thought mm-hmm. would be anything, and it becomes your thing. And when that happens, accept it and go with it because, uh, why not? It's right. interesting. Well, it's interesting that you pointed out that 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 you kind of get stuck at that base level because yeah, yeah. you don't have the wiggle room or the time to move forward. And I've been thinking after you said that, it kind of clicked in my head something that I've kind of subliminally noticed, but not consciously noticed. If you look at the the what Glowforge and Carbide and um, Carbide three D and Inventables, what they promote now, right? It's basically that all of those machines are turnkey businesses. But then if you look at the people they're promoting and what those people are making, there is a lot of, oh, I made an outline of something. I cut it out and I glued it to something and it's cool. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But that is almost what you were saying, that level, a lot of it is level one type stuff. That is what the manufacturers have kind of sold these machines as doing. And you're kind of almost thumbing your nose at it and saying, no, it could do more than that. Watch, watch, right. <laughs> watch me do more. <laughs> yep. Well, there, there's so many things you can do with it. And I'm, I'm so inspired by all the people on uh, Instagram doing the craziest. I mean, I see on a regular basis, people doing 17 different kinds of things that you never would have occurred to do with the CNC. Everybody does something so completely different. And uh, my my goal is to have tried every one of those out, you know? <laughs> well, so, I, it, that's a good goal, though. I mean, you know, why 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 limit yourself with an unlimited machine? <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. It it's, can do so many things, you know? Um, but even your approach to the machine is interesting because, you know, I mean, if, if I remember correctly, you're using Fusion 360 now. I am. He goes, yeah, see, I haven't even, and again, maybe this is what you're talking about kind of happening in a different angle with me where I'm still using Carbide Create. Why? I don't have the time 
see, here it is. I don't have the time to really pick up VCarve, which by the way, I think is the most unintuitive piece of software I've ever touched or like even Carveco maker, which is a little bit more, a little bit more comfortable for people that are used to consumer level, like vector editing and stuff. I haven't had time to really just crack into it and really just learn it and get comfortable with it. So I'm going with what I know and using that and making that work for me. But yeah, I'm it. Holy crap! It's actually happening to me. But yeah, but what there is a value on I, I, I what you guys are talking about. But I think on anything, uh, there is there's it's sometimes hard to step back and say I'm going to step back from making that money today mm-hmm. to make more money later. And I think that's a really really insightful True. idea, Jeff. Is that th- that is really important, right? Sometimes you need to kind of say. I don't need to make $10 tomorrow if I can make $100 three weeks from now, right? Or whatever it is. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, I sure. hadn't thought about it that way before. That's really cool. I like I like your overall I like your overall philosophy, Jeff. That's in case you haven't figured it yeah. out. <laughs> well, it, you know, it, it I try to be, you know, philosophical philosophical and that's not even a word philosophical. <laughs> it's better, it's better than the words i can ethan. never find so i'm gonna go there with an ethan go yeah whatever exactly uh, <laughs> I, you know and i try to make sense and i have people tell me that i'm highly efficient but some days i think i'm just a bit lazy so, <laughs> that's you know, but that's the most those are the most efficient people the ones that are lazy are usually the most efficient at the same time yeah, but I try to use the word efficient to cover up actual laziness in addition to that. <laughs> um, a part of me just doesn't want to get up and start cranking out work yet, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of dipped my toe in just a little bit recently to see how it feels. Not in a serious, I want to actually make any money kind of thing, but just a, I, I want to try what a little bit of production is like and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. put out a little something for, you know, people that know me. <laughs> I'm I, glad I you decided to finally to, get around to it. Yeah. I was just going to, oh, Vincent. Yes. Well played, Vincent. That was amazing. I'm, I'm doing the, I'm doing the, that hula that you do when you kind of hit a home run. I'm kind of doing yeah. that right now. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> that was fantastic. Well played. Which, by the way, that yeah, is... We, actually, we should probably explain that to people that don't know what... We definitely need to talk about it. So it's actually in your Instagram feed, too. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, it was in your Instagram feed right before the um, Unwrap a Project Challenge. You made the first one, um, which is... Well, at least the first one that you showed publicly, which is kind of cool. Well, I've I've made a couple of these. Mm-hmm. And the 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 history goes back to about... Yeah, 1978, where hmm. I was in Cub Scouts, Boy Scouts, some some level of Scouts, somewhere around, you know, maybe eight years old. And our group went to some big thing. It was in a convention center and all the Scout troops from the state were there. And it was a big craft sale kind of thing. And, you know, basically all the troops were selling things that they'd sold I mean, that they'd made to sell to make money for their troop. And one of the other troops that was there, um, somebody had taken a, I don't know, like a three-inch tree branch and cut it into half-inch cookies and uh, 
had and the boys took their wood burners and and wrote a big T U I T on it, and they were selling them as round to it at the craft <laughs> sale. That's awesome. And that was awesome. And somehow it kind of stuck with me. I don't think I even managed to come home with one of them, but somehow that idea stuck with me and I'd completely forgotten about it. And I think it was about two years ago, year and a half ago, that just came to me that I said, Hey, those were cool. I should, I should make a round to it. But like anything that's worth getting around to, it's not worth getting around to it unless you've procrastinated at first. So <laughs> I, I thought I thought about it for probably six months and then I finally got around to it and I made one and it was a, I think it was just over a year ago I made one and it was just a, a, a little wafer around wood and I, I wood burned the TUIT on there and it, Kind of, I won't knock my work, but we'll say I could have probably done better. (laughs) Um, And then I ended up having to give, I didn't have to, but I ended up giving it away to a guy that I knew because he saw it and he just freaked out because his (laughs) girlfriend's last name was to it. (laughs) No way. That's amazing. Yeah, that's That's what I said. And he saw it on Instagram and he and he just freaked out and he's like, What the heck, man? My girlfriend's last name is to it. And it's like, I don't even know your girlfriend. So whatever. I'm I'm gonna try to get around to it. I'm just (laughs) inappropriate. Exactly. So I started making round to it jokes with her that were probably inappropriate or or about (laughs) her that were probably inappropriate. But I ended up giving him the, the the round to it because he wanted it to give to her. So, um, then I figured, well, I can't just make another one tomorrow. So I thought about it for about six months. And then last fall, I got around to it again, where I threw one on the CNC and did the, uh, the, the three inch circle with the letters carved all the way through. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, I don't know, maybe Thanksgiving ish. I think I posted that. Yeah, uh, it's December thirteenth. December thirteenth. Oh well, glad somebody knows my feed better than I do. <laughs> I'm just hiding on the screen while I'm talking to you. Yeah, exactly. There's, there are a couple of holes in my head that do not work. Uh, <laughs> sense of time and a memory for names are two of those holes. Um. So yeah, I made one last fall, and that was viewed as a very positive thing. Everybody thought it was great. And uh, so like a month or so ago, I was trying to think of some small, easy kind of a trinket that I could start to try to put into production and make a a bunch of and Mm -hmm. actually put a couple up for sale. Also to give a little something back to our maker community, several of which have given me things for, uh, you know, cost of shipping. Mm -hmm. Just because, you know, part of the group kind of thing. So I figured I couldn't think anything small and simple. And then I was looking at my to it and I'm like, you know, the round to it. I mean, it's a it's a positive motivational thing. You give someone one of these things and they get it and now they have a round to it. So then now (laughs) they have to get around to it. Everything they said that they would get around to when they got around to it. So it was a positive maker, motivational kind of thing, sort of. And it was not too hard to crank out on the CNC. So I think I've got maybe 
one in five of them shipped out the door at this point. I was just going to so, ask because, yeah, how many, um, like, it seems like I, I've seen a ton of people uh, mm-hmm. have them all part of this community. Uh, but yeah, so I was, I was interested in, and I'm, yeah, I would have said 25 to 30. That's what I would have said. Yeah, I think I got about 25 of them out right now. That's and fantastic. I, I'm not looking to get rich. Um, no. You know, but I mean, y- you've got to dip your toe in somewhere before you jump in on a deep end is my theory. And just getting the hang of doing the the, the packaging, the shipping, the right. heck, the production on parts that I've, you know, never tried doing before. I've done, I've done shipping and packaging and mailing and fairly decent scale before, but never the woodworking on a production scale. So mm-hmm. well, what, here's what I'd say, Jeff, is I and we've talked about this, Vincent, um, but and back to the exacto knives like that, like you mentioned, Jeff, I find I think it's really, really great if someone can, if you can find something that's kind of like a unique thing for that to you that you can crank out and and you can offer up for giveaways and or, you know, whatever it is. That doesn't cost, you know, it doesn't, it's not a lot of money out of your bank, but it's something that's very custom to you and that kind of is branded to you mm-hmm. and that you can offer up for things like giveaways. And I think that the to it, the round to it is perfect for that kind of thing. I think that's, I think is a, it's a, I don't know. I think that's a really, you should double down on that and that should be your thing. Um, and, and, and just for the record, I hung it on my pegboard right in front of my workbench. And it's, it's literally at eye level. And so I see it every time I'm in my shop and it is, it's just a nice reminder of like, do the things that you, you never, you always put off, right. Mm -hmm. Or, or the things that you don't, you don't really enjoy doing, but are really good for your business or whatever, whatever those things are. It's, it's, it's kind of just like a nice little reminder to do those things. So I really love it, Jeff. I, I, and I think it is something that's very, uh, that you can kind of make your own thing and can offer up. So I, th- I think that's really cool. Yeah, I, I was kind of hoping it would be my little exacto knife niche right. type of an item that, you know, it'd be my I definitely little think signature. It is. It, it's, it's more like a signature trinket than anything mm-hmm. significant, but it's but it, it it's cool in its own way. Exactly. Much like, much like your knife is extremely helpful. Right. No, I, totally. I cut, I, I think, and I cut it's, things it's, all the time with it. Right. It, it's, it's not something, and it's not something that's, I mean, I don't know what it takes to make it, but it, it seems like something that you can batch out to some degree maybe. And, and, and it can become your signature thing without you um, putting a lot of whatever into it. I think yeah. the other thing that catches your eye, I mean, when I got mine, the first beautiful, thing I noticed right. was the, the finish on it. It's yeah. just, you yeah. know, it's, it's weird. It's weird to notice like, Oh, you got this really cool thing. But then when you pick it up and it feels like glass. Glass. What is, yeah, actually, it's what like, is the finish? Yeah, we gotta talk, we're gonna talk about that in a second. Okay, but sorry, that's sorry. that's the kind of thing that mm-hmm. like you know, I know people think that CNCs and you know, Jeff, you you and I know this probably better than anyone else, but I know people think a CNC is just this magic device where you put in wood and you get a product out of it. But part of what makes the CNC work matter is what you do with it after it's right. done. And when I saw this, I was like, oh, this is this guy is just because this is the first thing that I've ever gotten that you've made. And I'm like, oh, he just 
gets it. <laughs> I really did feel like you really the, got the, 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 you're absolutely right, Vincent. I, and I should have mentioned that too. The, the touch and feel of it mm-hmm. is it's stunning. unbelievable. It's like silky smooth and, and, but also, and really matte. Like I really, I, I gravitate towards things that aren't like super, super glossy, you know? No, it's, that's become a thing for me now, too, because everyone around me seems to be going in that direction. It's like, I'm just following along with all of y'all because, <laughs> and I'll tell you, the, the first the first time I really felt like I can do this in a way that I would like it was when I'm actually holding your to it, your round to it in my hand right now as no, we're I talking. I kind of want to go get mine, but. <laughs> and it's just, I'm looking at it like I, I still can't believe, and by the way, I've been using it since you sent it. And I love that you made it coaster sized, yeah. which is just freaking wonderful because that's what I use it primarily for. But it's also on the desk where I do the most work and it's where I need the most motivation. So it's it's really cool, man. And I really yeah. I, I appreciated the hell out of it. And I was gushing about this thing and I passed it along. I passed it along to Beth, who was sitting next to me. I was like, feel this. I actually said, I said, feel this thing. Right. And she's like, oh. Wow, <laughs> like you can see the grain, but you can't feel the grain. <laughs> it's like that's really cool. Well, that's that's the advantage at not stopping at one hundred and fifty. Exactly. Amen, dude. But yeah, what what, you know, what did you use? Um, well, first I hit it with the uh, with a with a coarse paper, just you mm-hmm. know, like an eighty grit. And because I'm lazy, I don't do, you know work your way up the scale kind of thing because <laughs> that just seems like too much work. So so I start with a coarse 80 grit or something like that and I give it a good rub down with that and then I switch right over to a piece of 400. Oh wow. Wow. And I I just put the 400 flat on the table and then I hold the piece down and swirl it around in circles on both sides and just sort of polish it down with the 400. And uh, then I basically do the same thing with the edges. And uh, then it gets a very solid coat of simple finish. Uh, like the Maker Brand Simple Finish? The Maker Brand great. Simple Finish. I love that stuff. And yeah. because, because I'm particularly lazy, I've discovered that a three-inch round to it fits through the mouth of the <laughs> port. Simple Sorry. finish. Perfect. That is just so, fantastic. Uh, that is... I'll just take like three at a time and just drop them in. And then I'll, 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 I'll poke them around for a minute and then fish one out and let it drip off and then mm-hmm. uh, give it a give it I a wipe. I down. find that so amazing. That's amazing. And, I and do the same with my book things too. I throw them in the can. It's just easier. Just throw them in the just can. Easier. Clean and, them first, and, throw them in the can, and then just pull them out in 15 minutes and you're done. <laughs> And well, I usually let them sit in there for like five and then I, and then I pick it up and I, I hold it over the can and I hit it with like a little, uh, like a scotch bright pad or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, j- just give it a little scrubby scrub with a scotch bright while it's dripping. And then I set it on something on an angle so it'll drip and, uh, you know, come back in an hour and give it a good polished buff down and. I can't argue with your process because the, next the day, results about, are about fantastic. a day later. It'll be nice and dry and not sticking yeah. to its neighbor and it's ready to go. I'm yeah. amazed at how good that finish is. Yeah, I, it's amazing. I, I, I swear. And, you know, as someone who uses it as well, I 
everyone who uses it, we feel like we know something that other people don't know. <laughs> like it's just that good. It's mm-hmm. amazing stuff. And it's, I here it is. It's so easy to use. I almost say simple. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It, you know what it is too? The, it, it's, I, I, I've used uh Rubio mm-hmm. um, before and stuff like that. And it, and it, which is very similar, I would say it's like, but it is a fraction of the price of Rubio. Mm-hmm. So, and it has the same qualities of having some wax. So it's, there's protective layer, but yeah, so it, it is fantastic. Yeah. I love that stuff. I and, average about a quarter a year. Yeah. As far um, as how much I use, which is probably the best investment I make. I mean, Sometimes lately I've discovered the joys of shellac when I'm in a big hurry. Yeah, well, they're, they're everything. But, yeah, man, if I'm not in a hurry, simple finish. Like that, that's it's a no brainer. There's actually wax. I use like one of those baking racks as a cooling, as a drying rack, and there's actually polymerized simple finish in between some of the squares, just kind of hanging there. And I'm like, ah. I know what I did that with. That's so cool. That's your proof that Simple Finish does actually polymerize correctly because if you leave it out to dry, it hardens. It's it's so nice. It is really nice. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many things now, too. I mean, I, I really do love the walrus oil stuff Ugh. for, like, food-grade stuff. You don't like Ugh. it? No, why I not? don't. I, I'm going to tell you exactly why I don't. I don't know. I mean, Jeff, have you used Wally sauce or no? No, I've okay. used I've used a couple colors of Danish oil, mm-hmm. which is what I had. Up. That was that was my quick and easy dip up until the fact that I got the simple finish. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I really like the simple finish more is because the Danish oil doesn't have the wax. Otherwise, yeah, yeah. yeah, you gotta exactly. do something after mm-hmm. you do it. Yeah, um, the the Yo, walrus oil for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, it, it's brain dead simple my reason so whenever i did when i do larger boards that don't fit in the bath that's what i use Mm -hmm. and i can always tell when i use it because the the feel of it it i don't know what it is and it could just be it's not as oily which is totally possible yeah yeah just doesn't it doesn't feel nice to me Huh. It looks good. It looks great. I mean, everything looks great, but at my primary way of finishing, for example, my cutting boards mm-hmm. is mineral oil bath for six to eight hours out of the bath and then buffed carefully with more mineral oil and beeswax, which mm-hmm. is basically the the Howard's butcher block conditioner. Right. That's what it is. It's vitamin E, um, beeswax, and mineral oil. And I just like that I like the feel that you get doing it that way. Gotcha. Okay. Whereas with walrus oil, uh, walrus oil, you know, I know I, I can tell you, I can describe it. Walrus oil feels like it dries, hmm. which feel it, and it doesn't feel as nice. Like it doesn't feel like it's conditioning the wood, isn't, even though I think it has a wax in it, but it doesn't have that nice, smooth. It just, it's huh. not the look. I got to check it out now. I'm, I'm, in, I'm surprised, but I, but I, I mean, that could, I, it's not bad. It's not bad. No, no, it's I'm not, not bad. saying right, it's bad. Right. Because, in fact, um, the board that I made for Emily Joyce mm-hmm. um, for her husband for his birthday, I had to do it with the Wally sauce because it was all that I had. And that board was too big for the bath. Right. 
it just doesn't feel it doesn't feel bad. It just doesn't feel the same, you know. It's, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. There's like if Jeff made if Jeff used it on this on the round to it, I promise you it wouldn't be this. Smooth. It wouldn't feel it, it just the sil- wouldn't. silkiness. You wouldn't pass it to Bath to be like fearless. No, yeah, I wouldn't be amazed gotcha. by it. I would yeah. just be like, this is pretty I, cool. Like he did a nice job on this. Rather, have you? Have either of you? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, it's just that's that's what it is. It's just the tactile the nature of the yeah. walrus oil. Just I don't feel like it's up to up to snuff with the other Interesting. stuff. Interesting. No, that's so. cool. Now, have Have you used Odie's? I have not yet. No, Odie, and that's on my list because mm-hmm. yeah. I, again, Bruce uh, swears by it. Now, I mean, for the purposes, it's it's just it, it's one of those things where I know it's worth the price. It's so expensive for the size. But it's one of those things. It's like, it's like tokenol for leather workers. <laughs> it, I have a jar of it that has that I've never even broke the seal on. Yeah, it, I mean, <laughs> it, and uh, what, it's like six, fifteen to twenty bucks for tokenol. Yeah. But and it's a small jar. But listen, I've used one of those for a year and a half, and I still haven't run it out. So it lasts forever. Like you. Mm-hmm. Can, so it's one of those things where if you actually put it in perspective, it's not that expensive. Um, but yeah, the Odie's oil is definitely on my list. I, I know so many people that swear by that, Jeff. Yeah. yeah. I want to stick my nose in the jar. It's supposed right. to be. I, <laughs> I want Instagram to come out with smell vision because well, I hear it is so it makes you want to eat the stuff. Yeah, no, you know it looks I mean? like it looks like a fancy jelly. Like and, I want to spread it on my bread <laughs> and eat I, it. I, I, I want to smell it, and I, I guess I kind of want to compare it to the simple finish because, mm-hmm. and it's it's weird because a lot of people just went from their old finishes and they went to Odie's oil, and other people went from their old finishes to simple finish. But mm-hmm. either time you get to either one of those points, you're so happy you don't move anywhere again. Yep. Yep. And I've had a hard time finding anybody that actually has significantly used both of them and compared them. Can tell me whether one of them is definitively better or worse for well, any particular application. Well, you know? I, I know. I mean, Odie's oil is much thicker, so it's much more of like like an applesauce consistency. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. It's and like the it's like the Howard's Butcher Block conditioner, yes, which exactly. is much That's, much yeah. thicker and gloopier. Yeah. But 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 I've heard amazing things that and both of them. What's what's awesome about both of them is they the smell is fantastic. Um, the truth the truth is though, and I think that I mean for someone I'll just speak for myself, but for someone like me who almost everything I make out of wood is for someone else, and it has to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Like you if I find quick. a process that works, right. that's right. the process going yep. forward. Like unless Agreed. it stops working, I am not changing any of my processes like i every uh, every six to eight months i buy another gallon of mineral oil and dump it in the bath yeah you know and i buy two or three bottles of the howard's butcher block conditioner every i don't know three to five months i buy like three bottles of it just to make sure i have enough and i go through that stuff it's it's like we're very process oriented people which is funny to me because a lot of us are disorganized or mm-hmm. almost flighty yet when we get locked into a process right, we, that's working yeah. we cling to it with iron claws <laughs> yeah well, well what? you know i i'm i'm as big of a fan as your bath time as you are and am i <laughs> the only one that really likes seeing that i mean oh no we get i get a when i don't do it for a while um when i don't do it for a while i get um I get messages like, when are we going to get the bath song anytime soon? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so I'm not the only person that's harassed you about that. 
Oh, no, no, no. You are definitely not the only person. It's weird. I I did it as a joke. And it's like I did it enough times as a joke where it just became this is like one of those branding things, right? You you can't make things happen. They just kind of do. And right, you just, right. you know, it's awesome. Well, but yeah, the bath song, even like the I did um I did a board a couple of weeks ago. And I was in a oh the the crazy mermaid resin amethyst freaking psychotic board that I made, and I put it in the I put it in the the bath and I was like, do I want to video this? No, I'm just not in the mood today. But in, even though I didn't video it, I actually sang the bath song. That's I'm awesome. Nice. You just you just can't help yourself. It's it's, it's a reflex now. You, you have to you have to think about this as you know. Ha- the the friends and the fans and what, what they <laughs> hope to see on a regular basis. Now, put this from a fan's perspective. Here's one you can understand. How would you feel if Brooke decided to not make a pizza this Friday? I don't know. I think it would break my brain. Brooke, okay. who? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's right. that's how we feel about your bath time. You know, I mean, just, go, just one every it doesn't have to be every board because that'd be tiring, you know. But, you know, once or twice a month, you could throw in a little bath time song for us. Well, you know, I just got I just got and I'm not going to tell too much about it, but I just got a, a pretty nice deal today where I'm going to be making a lot of cutting boards for one nice. client very like it like i found we worked it out today we're just working out specifics now so there's going to be a lot of bath song coming up so awesome <laughs> one, one more one more quick thing just for people uh on the finishing front have you got i think i might have talked about it once vincent maybe not but uh bumble shoots okay bumble shoots is an interesting one because i i am very curious about what they make yeah but i am i have to go back to the my processes work. Yes. So that's and, fine. And that's, that's fine. That's, but that's, that's what it's, it's weird how the conversation has kind of gone full circle, right? Cause we talked earlier about getting stuck at level one. Right. right, level right. One's work. And I feel like that's happening to me with finish, right? I well, found and, something that works and I am just not changing it. Even though something else would, I, I totally believe that there are better ways to do what I do than how I do them. But this works. Yeah. Like, and listen, well, I, I, I wouldn't say that, like, I, I, I mean, I, I like them. I don't, I wouldn't say that they necessarily work better or worse than mm-hmm. anything that you're doing. So I'm not saying that at all. But I am saying that they, uh, they sent me a sample and I've tried it limitedly. And I know a bunch of other people that have tried it mm-hmm. and, and it's good and, and it's really, really good. And so it's not, I'm not saying that it's better than, uh Odie's oil or simple finish or any of the other things we've talked about because I don't I can't say that you know confidently right I would never say that but what I will say is that I do like the fact that they are a small New mm-hmm. Hampshire based locally like local company that sources all their bees beeswax and stuff like that from New Hampshire all those things it's a really really cool company so it's worth a try. Like it, again, if you don't have a process and you haven't worked it out, they're from what I've experienced so far, it's 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 a great product. They have a bunch of different things like wood conditioners, wood mm-hmm. wood waxes, wood stuff. I'll tell you so, I'll tell you the truth now that I'm out of walrus oil. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna need something to put on boards that don't fit in the bath 
Yeah, I mean, I it's mean, worth a shot. Yeah. I guess that's what it. Good point. That's what I mean. It's, it's know, worth it's, a shot, and it's a small, small business that is part of this community. And and from what I've experienced in my limited, again, I don't want to overshoot mm-hmm. it, but from my limited experience, it is very good products, and they're also super supportive and whatever. So, well, we're inundated with so many products now, right, and it's like right. you're you're right, and I I I get, I'm not thrilled with walrus oil, and mm-hmm. yet there was almost an instinct when I ran out, it's like oh, got to go buy more. You right. know, and it's like, oh, yeah, Bumble Shoots. And it's not that Bumble Shoots isn't a good company or anything. It's just, oh, wow, I, I just get hit with so many things. So like, many. Yeah. You know what's going to happen now? I'm going to I I looked at the Bumble Shoots website. And I'm going to actually bookmark it real quick just to remind myself to go back and look at it. But now I know what's going to happen. I'm going to get nothing but ads on Instagram now yeah. for the next yeah. three days. Right. Like, hey, need to condition your cutting board? Buy our product, you know. I like your voiceover, Vincent. That's uh, <laughs> you know, I could, I can fake it with the best of them. <laughs> I feel like you and uh, Bob should go up head to head on Dude, a voice. Bob's oh, that was, VO that was skills. So good. Bob's VO skills are just off the charts. I didn't. I uh, honestly, truly did not know that he did the uh, Jacko whatever's voiceovers for the kinetic knife and the um. Oh wow! Knife. Really. Connect driver and then make wow. Knife. Well, I know he at least did it for the connect driver. I think he did it for both of them. He did it for uh, the maker knife, and what gave it away was him clearing his throat. Exactly, which is the greatest <laughs> thing in the world. Yes, exactly. I loved. Yes. I loved when they talked yeah. about it on making. It was one of my favorite episodes. Oh, I, admit, of I didn't. It. I don't think I never. I don't think I heard that one. Oh my god! So him and he and Jimmy and David were talking, and they were talking about whatever. And he goes, he cleared his throat, and he goes, "You know, my wife is a speech therapist." And she told me it's really, really bad to constantly clear your throat. Anyway, and he started talking. And then two seconds later, you hear, <clears throat> and like, <laughs> he, he just keeps doing it over. Like, and that's another. Like, he couldn't stop himself. That's, right. The, the, well, that's you, what he does. He clears his throat. You'd think that's why his wife was mentioning it to him. <laughs> subtle, very subtle, subtle right? A purpose, right? <laughs> it's yeah. It's that's probably like, why it came up. He was doing it. He was probably doing it as she was telling us, like, you know, Bob, yeah. you shouldn't be clearing your throat. <clears throat> what? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to be doing it all night. Ugh. You know, <clears throat> it, it's re- when somebody makes you aware that you're doing yes. something like that, though, I it's know. really bad. Like, I have this, I've always had this. Like, I'll sit there and my, my, I bounce my knee. Like, I sit there, like, I'm bouncing a baby on my lap. And I sit there and I like shake my leg and I just can't stop it. Like it's this tick that I have. I'm even doing it. I'm just realized I'm doing it now as I'm telling you I'm doing it. And it drives Beth crazy. Like it makes her absolutely insane. Like when I do it, she begs me to stop. And it's like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize I was like, you don't even realize you're doing it. And you get annoyed that you keep doing it. Like I sometimes I come off as annoyed that she's asking me to stop. It's not that I'm annoyed. It's annoyed. Like, why don't I know that I'm doing right, this? Right, right. You're annoyed at yourself and it comes <laughs> I'm annoyed off. annoyed at myself. Right. Like yeah. I haven't I haven't figured out why my body is fighting me for some reason. Uh, my my favorite math. The- well, so I and I think I've said it before. I I do have ADD and all that kind of stuff. But uh, my I had a math teacher in high school that he just kind of got me and he just he would just like look at me and that was a sign that i was like drumming on the desk and that and that that if i wanted to stay in class i had to sit on my hands and it wasn't like a discipline it wasn't like a the way he approached it wasn't like a disciplinary thing it was more of like hey i'm just trying to help you out this is the only way you're 
you can stay yeah. in my class. We need to have re- we need to have respect for the other kids. Exactly, which means you exactly. have to not be tapping on your desk. Exactly, and then I sit on my sit on my hands. So yeah. Well, I got obsessed. I got obsessed once with. I was watching my friend. He was twirling a pen, and I sat there in class until I could twirl a pen the same way, and I was like, "Uh oh, this is going to be a problem." And then the next thing I know, I'm sitting there and I'm so focused on twirling the pen. The whole class got quiet, mm-hmm. and I I looked up like what are the and everyone was looking at me twirling the pen, and the teacher was just shrugging like, "Are you participating today?" <laughs> and I didn't even realize. Not only was I sitting there not paying attention, but I had been called on, and right. I was so focused on mm-hmm. twirling the pen that I didn't even know mm-hmm. I was called on. So, so for those of you that know Jeff around the community, this is not a great shock, but Jeff goes by the name. A weird guy. And in fact, fun story between Jeff and I, and he's going to get annoyed at me for telling it, but it's fine. We're friends. Um, <laughs> I was just referring to him by his name when I was reading off the names for the buy me a coffee people. And then he, at one point he goes, hey, since everyone knows me as a weird guy, can you add that in somewhere? And I'm like, <laughs> oh, wow. OK, so I got to ask, you know, I mean, we're all let's be honest. You know, we're all a little weird. You know, I'm weird. Ethan's really weird. 100%. But like you're you call yourself a weird guy. So I'm curious to know. And I know there's a lot of people that have just accepted that as your name, but never bothered to ask why. Where did the name come from? What does it mean? Give us the skinny on it. Well, I, I picked this up. It was almost 20 years ago. And uh, I was dabbling into a new and interesting kind of creative making and this was xbox modding um this was the original xbox you know the big black one with the big x on the top and the Mm -hmm. stupid little green circle in the middle and the Mm -hmm. blade interface yes exactly that one um the this was uh, probably a year and a half before the 360 came out maybe yeah about there two years maybe. And, uh, somebody had managed to crack the security on the Xbox. So they started making mod chips that you could solder onto your motherboard and the Xbox. And it would, it would hijack the BIOS and you could put in your own Linux BIOS, which would then allow you to do anything you wanted to do to the Xbox. Mm Mm-hmm including, you know, play unsigned code, which could be either some custom Linux software or a a copy of a game that wasn't an original game desk. Things like that. Who would do such a thing? You know, I just, I I don't know. It's it's, (laughs) a craved world, man. What I'm telling you, some people just have no ethics. It's terrible. But I've I had some experience with uh, soldering and you know entry level electronics you know the mm-hmm. physical part not the not the brain part I, I I can do anything with the soldering iron just don't ask me to design the circuit mm-hmm. you know anything past LEDs that is so they they started doing this so I, I got a chip for my Xbox and that worked great and then I saw that there was a demand for people that don't know how to solder that didn't want to risk melting their motherboard off their nice shiny $200 Xbox. And there was a demand for people to put chips in 
as a installer, as a service. So I went to the biggest Xbox modding site on the planet, which had like eight gajillion members in it. And I tried to sign up so I could list myself as an installer and start dragging in some money on the side. And it was another one of those things like going to Google and trying to find a username that's not taken. And, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, Jeff Stein, 496, just <laughs> have nice that ring to it. <laughs> and I, I sat there on that screen for probably 20 minutes, just and after 20 minutes, you just turn your brain off and you just start typing random crap into the screen and and you just. Uh, type and hit enter nope taken type hit enter nope taken type hit enter hit nope taken type hit enter ding it's available oh what i get oh a weird guy oh, apparently <laughs> that's, that's I, I was just throwing random stuff out there that Meant seemed applicable and i'm like well that works i guess i'm okay with that and then um then the problem was is that i turned out to be relatively famous in the maker community. Um, I, I, I worked up from being a, a simple installer where I would charge people like 30 bucks just to solder a thing onto their motherboard and hand it back. And within about a year, I had a website that was selling Xbox parts so replacement parts for your Xbox and it would sell you anything you could possibly want to modify your Xbox electronically or physically or otherwise. You could buy everything you wanted right there. And there was a fairly large corner of the internet that was a weird that that was aware of uh, a weird guy's Xbox chop shop. <laughs> was okay. the and it was xboxchopshop.com and uh uh you could buy everything from LEDs and soldering irons and security torx drivers or and you could just do it all yourself because I had all the step-by-step -step instructions on how to do anything you would ever want to know with your Xbox and then there was the stage two service where I would take the parts and modify them for you and then send them to you. So they were just plug and play like the, uh, like you remember there was the four big controller ports spaced across mm -hmm. the front. Mm -hmm. Um, those are two different USB control that they're, they're modified shape USB plugs. And there's, two small boards one on each side with those things and you could take out the controller port pop the caps off of them put leds and resistors inside the port put the caps back on them and plug them back in and you'd have lights shining out the front of your controller ports which is pretty cool um so but if you were scared to solder these things yourself i would sell you a pair of controller ports that were pre-lit with you pick your choice of about 10 colors of led and i'll put them in there and send them to you and all you've got to do is take your box out take your box apart 
unplug the old ones and plug the new ones in and you're good to go. And then I had third level service where you send me your Xbox and I'll put a chip in it. I'll put a hard drive in it. I'll put lights in it here. I'll put a custom thing on the roof. I'll paint it and put a window so you can see the DVD underneath and anything else you want. And it was a full service. And I I actually found something that just so while you were talking, I just started searching the name to see what goes on out there. And I actually found a review of xboxchopshop.com. That's so funny. Yeah. What'd they say? It said, this weird guy is on the ball. (laughs) (laughs) The review was done November 3rd of 2004, by the way. Um, This weird guy is on the ball. He carries a great selection of stock Xbox equipment and LED mods. For the modder that wants to achieve freestyle and inventive case mods, this is where you get the knowledge. For starters, he sells great LEDs for cheap and includes step-by-step instructions on how to open the controller port LED mod for three bones. Get this. My first order from him arrived. Some kids stole it off my front porch. I email weird guy to reorder and tell him what happened. He turns around and shipped me a full reorder free of charge before I'm even able to recheck my email account. Like three hours later, no joke. If you get the three bones kit above, basic front LED kit, and in supplies and tools get the SPST, single phase, single throw switch, and some wire, you can rig a box that you could turn all the LEDs on without running the entire machine. His emails are intelligent and continue to be quickly sent out. An overall good company to do business with. Well done, Jeff. Yeah. Well, and well, it it didn't hurt that there wasn't a whole lot of competition. I got to say, because that, that's the whole reason I, I I started the, you know, I, I was just an installer for a while. I was happy just installing for a few months, but then I had somebody show up and say, Hey, my Xbox doesn't work. I know you're an installer, but you know how these things work. Can you look at it and tell me what's wrong with it and hopefully Mm -hmm. fix it? Right. And I'm like, well, I don't promise anything, but bring it over. I'll I'll crack it open on my coffee table and we'll see what we get. And uh, he brought it over and it didn't seem to be reading DVDs, which is a terminal boot problem. It, it doesn't boot unless the DVD responds or something. So he was having problems and I, I made sure it was a DVD drive problem. And I said, OK, well, you need a d- new DVD drive. And he's like, great do you have one? And I'm like, uh, well, no, I just put <laughs> mine in your Xbox to confirm that was the problem, but I need it back. So no, let's see what they have on the internet. And I turned to the internet and there was one website on the entire internet, one guy. And he happened to be a half an hour from me, but he was the only guy on the internet that was doing it. And he was charging the most ridiculous price. I mean, you could get a brand new Xbox for $200 and I think he wanted 130 for the DVD drive. <laughs> you know? I mean, Sounds about right. Yeah. I said, that's ridiculous. That's you might as well just go to a pawn shop and buy another Xbox at that point. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, let me see what we can do. And I actually ended up going to a pawn shop. I bought a new, I, I bought a used Xbox for, I don't know, 140 bucks took it home, stripped it apart, sold that guy the DVD drive for like 80 bucks. And then 
I had parts left over and I'm like, you know, there's, there, there's, you know, a good business for this because there's the only guy selling parts is just raping people left and right. So <laughs> I can do better than that. Sure. And uh, then there comes the website full of spare parts. I started out by just selling pieces of Xboxes. I would just go buy used Xboxes, broken Xboxes for 50 bucks. I don't care. One piece is broke. I throw it away. I sell the other six pieces. What do I care? You know? Yeah, true. And and then it kind of worked its way up into the full modding solution, everything you'd ever want to do to an Xbox. That's that's an I got to say that that's the one thing that I miss um is the 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 passionate enthusiasts about mm-hmm. the hardware. When I had my original PlayStation, there was nobody to really mod stuff. And my friend found a guy. First, you would do the disc swap trick where you'd put a spring on the lever sw- on the switch that told that the lid was down. And you would just, while the motor's running, you'd rip the disc off and swap discs to run out of market games. But then my friend found this guy in Chinatown. And I remember the two of us packing our PlayStations into backpacks, getting on the subway from Brooklyn, going down to Chinatown in Manhattan and going to this one guy who did all this stuff. And it was a whole new world to get like, we didn't even really use it. We weren't using it so much for bootlegs as we were using it for imports because we would go to this store and there were games there. It's like they were my favorite original PlayStation game was called Hermie Hopperhead. And it wasn't available in the United States. Couldn't get it. Just didn't exist in the United States. But there it was, this Japanese game that looked like fun. And we throw it in the PlayStation and would play that game for hours. It was one of the best games ever. And that just doesn't really exist anymore. Now, I mean, they're really consoles. You don't mod consoles that much. I mean, there's soft mods for some and they're constantly updating. So if you soft mod anything, they just wipe out your updates. And it's like... I don't know. It just feels like that That's getting inside the guts of your machine passion is just not there anymore. With I miss new the machines. game genie. <laughs> the game genie was pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, dude. I remember it was like gold. That, that right. was an invention right there. Yeah. They, they figured out, they actually figured out how to interrupt the running game. To make it do things it wasn't meant to do. Yeah, it, it was actually, that's a pretty, I mean, it's a kind of pretty brilliant piece of Everything. technology, right? There's nothing, I mean. At, at the time, at the time. At the, but even now, like now everything, and I, I know the machines are more advanced, they do more, you know, and you could do more, you can actually do more legally now than you used to be able to do. It used to be able to put a disc in, take a disc out. You know, if you look at what Nintendo did with the Switch, they have the, mm-hmm. they have the, all the classic games, not all of them, but they have a good selection of mm-hmm. classic games they have a whole indie section in the nintendo online store i mean there's a lot going on well you could get that in like the vintage nintendo like totally whatever that i have, have all both. like a million oh yeah. nintendo games on. i have my favorite my favorite thing in the world is sitting on the desk next to me and i know if um jason from digital soup is listening my amber nick rg350 handheld is one of my favorite things in the world it's always with me in one form or another and I love playing all these old games from like the mid eighties onward. Right. And it's like, I don't know. I well, just feel like the passion for the machines just yeah. isn't 
isn't there. Like, it's not it's the more, same. It's not the same as it was. Everyone's everyone's a, at yeah. least a casual gamer, but even the what what you would call a passionate gamer now, like they're not rip, ripping apart machines. They don't know how their machine works. They just know I, that I, I got a game. <laughs> I, I think the hard I, the thing, and I'm not a gamer anymore, and I, I totally understand the intrigue to it. But like, there used to be able to just i'm like such a crotchety old man right now um but used to be able to just like pick it pick up a game and just like play it Mm -hmm. might not be good at it whatever but you could just pick up a game and play it and you you can't really do that with like and i understand why i'm not saying that there's that's not a thing but like you can't pick up call of duty right or whatever everything's a major time commitment and time investment and and there's there's a really cool place for that or a really good place for that. Like it, it means more, right? It means more to play the game than it used to. When I got my coof shot a couple of weeks ago, I was sitting there with my RG three fifty, waiting for the 15 minute timer to expire. And Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there playing teenage mutant Ninja turtles, the hyperstone heist from the Genesis. Why? Because you can pick up that game. Mm -hmm. You're playing it in like minutes Mm -hmm. You can play it for probably about 20 minutes unless you're particularly good at it. You'll be dead in 20 minutes. And when right. you're dead, oh, game's over. I'll go play more later. And you leave and you go about right. your day like a normal adult human. Well, one of my like one of my favorite like one of me and my brother don't get enough time together as we, you know, as we should because he's got kids and we have our lives and all those things. But when we get together and have like uh, a guy weekend, whether it be like at a hotel or like my parents' cottage or whatever, we play Nintendo because that's what we used Mm -hmm. to do. We play RBI baseball. And we (laughs) love that. I mean, I love RBI baseball so much. And it's so simple. But like you pick the pitcher that has that like crazy sidearm switch pitch Mm -hmm. and and there's and uh, super Tecmo Bowl. And you always want to be Bo Jack, you know, like yeah there's those something to be said for those games that don't require a lot of like skill i'll just put it that way right there but you just but you can enjoy playing them and there's something that's lost on me at least with new uh new video games and i understand it because you have to progress they have to progress and they have to get more complicated and whatever but there's something about the simplicity that's of why just mobile, picking up a pickup remote. That's why mobile games are so popular. Yeah, yeah I because think you're right. No, I totally. Think that yeah. There's a certain yeah. amount of yep. casual because I'm there and it's there kind of game. Like, yeah. Jeff, do you have you? So you were really, obviously, you were really into at least one platform. Are you? Do you still play any games? I know you um, have a little one that loves Mario. Yes, I certainly do have a a little one that loves Mario. <laughs> it, awesome. Everything in his room is wall to wall Mario. His room is amazing, by the way. I just want to point it's out, and he's got the best lamp ever. Can we just say? Can I? I just want to say that it's got thirty thousand views, <laughs> and and and, and I'm so excited I just about that. that. I just crossed that. I just crossed that Amazing. like three or four days ago. It just bumped across 30,000 views. And it's crazy. It is yeah. just an example of why that guy down in the basement with the, <laughs> with the faucets, his, yeah. name's, like, at, his name's Al uh, Garitham, right? Al Garitham. <laughs> and because I put that video up yeah, when for the, the enlightenment when the enlightenment challenge was up, I did that like last summer, right? Mm-hmm. And up until about uh, six or eight weeks ago, 
it had slowly managed to accumulate about 600 views. And then I don't know if there was a connection, but it was right after I posted the tool, the, the, the double toolbox videos mm-hmm. that I, I don't know if somebody looked at that and then saw the chain chomp and then passed it off, but it just took off and a couple of days it was doing nothing, nothing. And then a couple of days later it was hitting 600 views a day. I mean, it took me, it took me over (laughs) six months to get 600 views. Mm -hmm. And then the next day I'm getting 600 views and it just blew my mind. It's like somebody turned the tap on and the tap is, is. it's, it's been turned back down to a trickle. I Mm -hmm. I think at its highest peak, I think I hit 1100 views one day. Oh, wow. And the last, the last week or two it's down. I think it's sitting at about averaging 300 a day now. And just sitting steady there and i don't know what to think of it but hey take it though. i was hoping That's... the toolbox would take off you know i know well but at the same time if if you're looking at the toolbox and the same timeline for the chomp box it's probably like it's you know it, maybe in like a month or two it's gonna take yeah. off because yep Maybe, Dude, maybe my, this summer it'll take off. Can I yeah. just point out, you know, humble brag, but my biggest yeah, performing right. YouTube video the same thing. was up for like almost a year and a half before anyone really watched it. And now all of a sudden it's got 12,000 views. So it's, again, it's like, <laughs> I know it's Jimmy's thing about, you know, the guy has a chair and it's sitting on the hose and he kicks the chair back and the hose is, and the water starts flowing. But that's exactly how it feels sometimes with YouTube. I didn't change anything about that video. I didn't A B test thumbnails. I didn't do anything special. I didn't edit it. I didn't put keywords. It's just that that was the moment for that video. Yep. And it's like, okay, I I can live with that. I don't need it. I don't need it to be successful forever. It was a fun ride while it happened and completely unexpected. So cool. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And just enjoy it when it happens, you know? And that and that's what we always talk about. You can't control it. So enjoy it when it happens and then don't complain when it doesn't. Yep. And I think I think Jeff, I think I got to be honest with you, man. I think as the the problem with the Enlighten Us challenge was that all the entries were so damn good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, well, you know, I can't argue. I yeah. mean, I, I no, nobody's saying my project wasn't cool. It's just there were so many other cool yeah. choices. And I mean, it was ridiculous. The, I, I, you I just, you just we, can't get past a guy that attaches a circular saw to a cnc (laughs) exactly i mean how do you how do you compete with bernie i know that that is the kind of Uh, thinking that i would really like to get to with my cnc is i mean i've still got a handful of projects that i want to try not specific projects just techniques and methods you know and Mm -hmm. but even after those then i get to the concept of well what else can I strap to the bottom of this motor? <laughs> you, know, you, you, you get to the burning thought and you're like, well, what else could I strap to this robot and make it drive around? I mean, I, I love that. I, like Bernie, I feel like we've had a couple, like Bernie has almost like names, like the Bernie thought or <laughs> the Bernie thought, the Bernie thought is going to become a thing. Uh, yeah. The Bernie thought, like, how do you push this beyond absurdity? That's the Bernie, the Bernie thought. thought. That's, that's what a Bernie thought yeah. sounds like. <laughs> I, I'm wondering what I can do with a, with a pin nailer. Yeah. Because I mean, you can put the pin nailer. So the handles 
the, so the trigger stays locked on. And then every time you push it down on the table, it pops a nail and you could set how hard it goes. to how far the nail goes in. So I don't see any reason why you couldn't strap a pin nailer onto the robot. You can drive over to a location and wherever you Z down to the board, it'll plop a nail. I'm not sure what to do with it. Well, I'll um, tell you what to do with that. I just had a brilliant idea. Thank you. Well, I've had a conversation with a girl about string art. Okay, there's the idea. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, that 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 was the thought. <laughs> it's amazing. It's yeah. it, that's see, this is by the way, anyone who doesn't think parallel thinking happens, there you go. It just happened right <laughs> in front of your face. Parallel thinking. Yeah, well right before your eyes. <laughs> what what could you do with a bunch of scientifically perfectly placed nails <laughs> in a in a pattern determined by the computer program? Well, you know. The most epic string art ever. (laughs) Well, you know, I I don't know how to actually make it do the string art. That would be really, really hard. But I I think I I can get it to plant the nails, and that's at least step one. The 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 thread dispenser and getting it to swirl itself around each one of the nail heads and onto the next while maintaining tension just sounds like a bit of a challenge, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll say that's not this year's project. Hey, May um, for Makers right. Day, whatever twenty seven is collaboration. You, I got time. You got time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I can. I'm clearly not going to have the lampshade done yet. I can. I can spare a couple <laughs> of days of uh, machine time with my girl. If you can spare a couple with yours, we can probably. I'd be willing to bet if if like push came to shove, and it's like, listen. Jeff and Vincent, you have to figure this out. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that we could come up with a way to make that whole thing work, even if it involves a series of pulleys and tension rods and other stuff. But yeah, that would be, that's a fun idea, actually, an automatic, an automatic string art machine that's modular enough that you could take it out of the CNC when you're done with it. Oh, now it really right. just complicated things. Exactly. Now, the, the hard part is... I mean, I haven't gotten to the level of CNC yet where I'm starting to edit my G code or anything. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm still letting the computer make all my paths and I'm not touching those. But I I think we would have to be manually editing G code. Oh yeah, totally. Because totally. Y- you would have to define a set of points, but even past the point, you have to make it swing around do like a pass and a half around mm-hmm. the nail without tripping over itself which is you know i mean it it has to go around without catching the thread with the dispenser as it goes by and that's just i guess it could be a slight spiral up but i mean that's just a level of code that's probably going to be about next year for me and and watch Uh, watch that next year we're going to have the make a robot do it challenge and jeff's going to enter his string string art making robot foreshadowing (laughs) yeah well you never know um speaking of people i'm sorry go ahead well, I, I've got enough things to keep me busy in the meantime. You know, <laughs> I, I've got a lot of other skills to master. I've got a lot of things I haven't tried with the CNC yet. I mean, I, I want to try engraving. I want to stick a drag knife on there and try vinyl. Uh, Although, yes. 
Uh, although I might try to see if I can figure out how to get an Ethan Carter exacto knife to work as a drag knife. That Ooh. would be a good thing. That would be like fun. Um, I, I also, y- you know, here's one for Ethan. Ethan inspired me to want to do a concrete project about a yeah. year ago, and I still haven't gotten there yet. Um, so I think I'm going to be seeing a concrete project coming in the near future. I love it. But it's going to start with the pink insulation foam on the CNC cutting the negatives. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. From possibly four sides and a bottom. And yes. then I'm just going to duct tape the heck out of it and pour it full of concrete and uh Use silicone for the seams, though, or something. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm, I'm sure oh, I'll that's figure awesome, something though. out. That's but a yeah, really cool I idea. Mean, so, I mean, I've got a lot of other, you, you know, I, I want to make some molds where I'm carving the negative and then I'm pouring things into the molds. Oh, my gosh. That is one of the coolest things I've seen <laughs> on Instagram lately. There's well, this guy. I don't know if you follow him, Vincent. Do you know uh, Monkey See Monkey Do? Mm-hmm. No. He is using his CNC to carve like one inch molds into MDF, and then he's pouring pewter into the molds, and he's oh, making bro, these I'm... little tiny pewter coin shaped things just uh, he's made a handful of different things and it is that's just... not the account i was thinking of so monkey see monkey do yeah mm. very cool yeah no i i love that idea though of that using is... the, the cnc to carve um to carve it then to use for a mold because like there's lots i mean like industrial maker he uses foam and stuff like that all mm-hmm. the time but not to like form molds and i think that's a really cool idea yeah it's a, i think it's i well, think it's absolutely I, genius i love it i love it when people use their robots to make the tools to make their art instead mm-hmm. of just using mm-hmm. the tools to make the art that's that is one of the things i've got to say impresses me the absolute most about our friend morley is mm-hmm. that he doesn't mm-hmm. 3d print things he 3d prints tools to make make, things Mm -hmm. it's that it's that next step of thinking that puts you ahead of the crowd you know yeah well when he made the when he made the geodesic dome and he um and he did the the bender and he made the little bending jig for the wire i was like damn that is yeah i need that i was annoyed actually i was like that is such a damn good idea like perfect just a perfect idea so he does he but he's got no. that engineer mind and you know I mean, I, you have I it don't, don't have the you know I I love the thinking and I love the engineering mind but he he always goes for the most complicated solution because he's the engineer <laughs> uh, see I don't have a 3D printer but I would have grabbed a piece of scrap wood and hammered three nails into the darn thing and yeah. probably made the same triangles but I love his thought process and the way he got there and the way he mm-hmm. did it. I probably the hardest possible way to get to the solution, but it was cool. It's also it's also surprisingly and, elegant. <laughs> and 
it it wasn't ever supposed to be a really big fancy thing. This is this is something he's interested in exploring, and that was a prototype. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be more than that, which is why he left it at wire with hot glue, which is you know it was a prototype, yep. and it 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 looks pretty cool for a geodesic dome. Definitely, it's. Definitely cooler than all the geodesic domes that I've made lately. Oh, totally. I mean, it beats the hell out of the ones I made. I mean, my collection is nowhere near as extensive as his. Um, We usually, um, when we do our things of the week, we pretty much always let the guest go first. And it's since we've been talking about CNCs, I think it's appropriate that we let you go first this week because your thing of the week this week. So for those of you that, you know, I've been listening for a while. We kind of every once in a while will kind of share the thing of the week with the guest if it's a video so that we can all be versed on the video. And you shared your thing of the week this week, and I was all in like unbelievable. It's 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 just fantastic. I, my, and if you want to talk st- about I still my brain still hurts. Vincent. <laughs> like I'm, I, okay. I don't think I, I, I mean, I don't I, I, I don't think I know. I still don't really understand how it works. Do you? Do you know what I was thinking? And we'll talk about it in a second, but just just what I was thinking as I was watching it, I was like, you know, if he's rotating from 10 o'clock to 6 o'clock to 2 o'clock, and it's always those same three stops, you could put a stepper motor on that spinner, and you could almost do this unattended. And I was just like, then my mind really exploded. I was like, wow, this guy is really just, halfway to something it's well, mind-boggling I, now. I don't know i don't know any of the it's, words you know you, just you know that's a real attachment right oh yeah um, totally but the just rotary to be yeah, able or, to do it with our machines though and that that's what's so impressive let, let's like, explain he, it because i can't even understand what you're saying uh, i i will let you know that i have seen people figuring out how to attach a rotary to their shape oko um I have seen it done. People are doing it. They 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 put the rotary on there, mm-hmm. and they they lock in their Y axis because you don't want it to move forward and back while you're going. You know, you want it to go left and right and up and down over the piece while it turns underneath you. You don't want it to move anyway. Mm-hmm. So apparently, you can hijack the Y to go to the rotary. Where where you oh. unplug the Y signal from the Y motors and you connect that to the rotary. So instead of moving the the uh, gantry forward and back, it's actually rotating the part forward and backward underneath. Oh, wow. That's, so that's unbelievable. It is physically possible. I've seen it done. And, uh, you know, I, that... I was hoping to get a much nicer machine in the first place. And I was looking at things that would have a rotary because I would love to do rotary work, but you know, money and budgets as they were, um, I settled for a fantastic shape. Oko, which is Mm -hmm. great. Um, and I might be able to hook a, a rotary to it at someday. I'd love to be able to do that. Um, but, uh, for this week's, pick you know i i had a really rough time with this one because <laughs> i mean you guys can just throw out a pick of the week every week you know you get 52 <laughs> of them every year you know but i only get one so i wanted to try to come up with uh, something nice and 
my my first thought was I, I was thinking about this last week after you asked me on, and then I was thinking I, I've got these friends that just started a new podcast that's really good, and it's called Making Comma Our Way, and you know it's got Austin Christie and Dean Deplantis in it, and mm-hmm. I was gonna think I was gonna use that for my pick of the week. And Super supporters of then, the show and awesome people, by the way. Then Sorry. The, the problem was, is at the very, very end of the show <laughs> last week, you jumped up and started talking about making our way. And I'm just <laughs> like, oh, dang it. Come on. You just Come on, Vincent. Week. That's what I was going to choose. So, well, since I can't do that, I thought, well, <laughs> maybe, maybe I should pimp Dave Swiduck's a you know custom podcast for mystery minnesota that he just did because that's pretty cool but mm-hmm. then i just said i don't want to do that either sly duck is going to be on in another four episodes he can pimp his own show for an hour <laughs> <laughs> so i went out to youtube and i found the coolest cnc carving project i could find and man this one is an absolute winner This guy's name, his channel name on YouTube is Dennis Van Hoof, H-O-O-F, like, you know, the foot. And uh, the the video is called Three-Sided Rotary CNC Routing with a Shapeoko, Carving a Koi Fish. And he cuts, he, he takes out the bed in his Shapeoko so that he can mount the part below the floor so it has more ground room and then he builds this weird thing that he can spin it with indexing points so that it stops at you know three different sides in a triangle and it'll carve the top and it'll carve the first side and then the third side you know and then he has the shape oko carve this 3d koi fish and it's probably you know 20 24 inches long and maybe three or four inches across but it's this weird it's it's the whole koi fish and he carves it from three different sides and it is just the most impressive thing i've seen done with a shape oko in quite a while and it, i i find it very inspiring and that's the kind of stuff i want to work myself into in the next six months so that's not that's not the f- level one no <laughs> that's, no yeah you don't enter at this point yeah this is, exactly. this is i'm hanging around in the room for a while i've mingled a while i know the people now i'm figuring out who i want to hang out with for the rest of the party type stuff it's yeah it's a fantastic yeah. video i this th- this guy and bernie are the kind of people i want to hang out with because they're, right. they're definitely thinking well ahead of what everybody else does with their machines so a oh, hundred well it's exactly what you said jeff it's it, it's it's here's what my machine what i know my machine can do and here's what i want it to do mm-hmm. and how and then making that happen and that's so i mean and not even what the machine can do, what I can make the machine do because you're, they're ultra, you know, fitting it to there's, you know, all these different parameters and blah, 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 blah. I, it's so cool. I just realized who this guy is. And I've been trying to, I was trying to remember where I heard his name and I'm looking, I have his channel up on the screen. And um, three months ago, he did a video, CNC carving a violin out of olive wood. They mentioned it on making it. 
I knew I heard oh, of really? this guy somewhere. 420,000 views on that video. I knew I heard of him somewhere because this video popped off because he basically did start to finish. He did the process of building a violin with the shape Oko. I think it was with the shape Oko, but yeah, 420,000 views. That's where I heard of this guy. I knew I'd heard the name before and now I'm, well, now I'm subscribed. So now I'm going to see all his cool stuff, but yeah, this was, this is a great pick, Jeff. Absolutely stellar pick. You, you, you knocked it out of the park. It's your one of 52, and you did a hell of a job. So excellent well, choice. I didn't have many options, so I had to go with last. <laughs> I'm going to go next. I'm going to say Ethan's for last because I think our mine is, mine is kind of fun for once. Instead of heavy or productive or – it's just fun. It's pure freaking fun. So there you go. my buddy Shane, a.k.a. Uncle Knackers, DIY mm-hmm. for knuckleheads, mm-hmm. he did something absolutely awesome. What an amazing guy. Uh, he, he's so, a fantastic yeah, human. So funny. He's he's like one of the best kinds of human. One of those really nice guys. Very funny. And I know he I know he groans a lot when he does his dad jokes. But I love his dad jokes. Yeah. I, I, I just I, wish he was in Australia so we could get him on the podcast. Well, he, that's the thing. It's it's so hard. It's so hard to schedule. Right. I know the people. The guys at Clamp are going <laughs> wimps but yeah, it's exactly, so know, hard right? to schedule <laughs> this many time zones right but he did a video called the crazy cooking with power tools challenge and in this video he used only his shop tools and a pan I, he did use a pan from his kitchen i think there's like a one spat wooden spatula yeah too. like stuff like that but it's all <laughs> power tools and handles, yeah. And he basically cooked a three, not one dish, a three course meal in his shop. So he first did um, sautéed scallops with oh garlic butter. So, which they look, boy, so, you, they look so freaking good, dude. If you don't that want scallops, me, man. that yeah, that it, killed me, man. I haven't <laughs> been in a Red Lobster in a year and a half. <laughs> I want a scallop so bad. Oh, they look so good. Uh, he did. He did a beautiful job on those. Then he made a BLT, a BLT, a blat because he added avocado to it. And instead of bacon, he used prosciutto, which, by the way, is my. Uh, it just as an Italian, you don't do that. You, you don't, don't cook, it. cook prosciutto. Nope. You just eat don't it do it. Not raw. You eat it as you is. Eat, eat it cured. That's yes, if sure. you want to yeah. cook it, use pancetta. Anyway, I'll allow it because he's Australian, and we yep. give latitude to our friends from Australia. But. Um, he made a he toasted the bread. He did everything. It was fantastic. And then for dessert, as if he didn't already piss everyone off that can't cook to save their lives, he made a freaking strawberry panna cotta. And it's like, are you kidding me? I, I, I couldn't make a panna cotta to I save my life with all the fancy cush- I uh, have, kitchen. Yeah, I, can't I have eaten a panna cotta. Panna cottas are wonderful. <sighs> But I cannot make a panna cotta with traditional kitchen tools. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Your heart, for those of you that have never made a panna cotta, it's cream, gelatin, and I mean, generally with vanilla or some kind of other flavoring. And you put it in a tipped glass. And then you put um, the other side of that is some kind of preserve, or some people do like a chocolate pudding type thing. I've seen people do, you know, one side vanilla and the other side Nutella. I've seen all kinds of crazy things done with panna cotta. 
it's really difficult to make. Like it's difficult to make. It's difficult to get the proportions right. It's difficult to get it to set. And this freaking guy just just with Does total with, yeah. total BDE. And I'm not telling you what that stands for because this is a G-rated podcast. Just <laughs> goes into his shop and makes three dishes that just made me so freaking hungry. So well, not only does he make things out of wood and stuff way better than I can, he also makes food in his wood shop and way better than I can. He's and a true renaissance man because yeah. I know he plays it off a little bit, but mm-hmm. you you don't cook like that in that those circumstances unless you really know how to cook. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Like I I would not know how to like it it was all kind of, it was all very tongue in cheek and funny, but mm-hmm. he still cooked everything. Mm-hmm. And he did it well. He cooked it like it looked it, great. I mean, it was legit. Like it was edible, and and not only edible, but it looked delicious. Yep, so. I would highly, I would highly recommend. It's going to make you smile. It's a typical DIY for knuckleheads video. It's typical. It's typical Uncle Knackers. It's yeah. entertaining. Jokes, it's well puns. shot, and yeah, it's just a great video. So go check that out. It's it'll be the link will obviously be in the show notes. Mr. Carter, well, it I is just, your I, turn. And I'm going to cringe as I say this, but he missed the obvious joke of putting another shrimp on the Barbie. I, You know, I've heard, I've heard that Australians don't actually say it. Well, first of all, Australians well, no, don't I know they don't shrimp, say that. That's which, a, of course they don't, because that's, the, that's what Americans Doesn't do. that bug you that they don't drink Fosters and they don't put shrimp on the Barbie? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, my whole life is a lie. <laughs> everything I know, everything I know from Crocodile Dundee is, is a lie. Do they carry big knives at least? Can we at least yes. have that? Jeez. Bring a, bring I a. saw one the other day, and I think it was a very big knife. <laughs> You saw an Australian or um, <laughs> I think Vincent knows what I'm talking about. It was part of that uh the the challenge from eighties movies. Oh <laughs> um I can't remember who it was, but there was a, a two guys that got together. I'm pretty sure they were Australians, and they they chose that they were gonna make an item from Crocodile Dundee. And uh, one guy made the the knife handle and one guy made the knife blade. And between the handle and the blade, it's probably three feet long. Oh, Looks like a boot knife. Yeah. That's I not did a knife. see. I saw. I saw a still of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's like, I, I don't like a remember Jackman the name. Size of, I don't remember the name of the challenge or the name of the people that made it, but it was it was a beautiful hunting knife, about three feet long. <laughs> now that's a knife. Now that's a knife. I love it. Amazing. Yeah, every one of his posts has got that. Somebody had to say that underneath it. Of course, of, of course. course, and for forever and ever now, it's it's over. There's no chance of it being anything else. Right, Mr. Cartel. All right, choice, my, uh, I'll, I'll I'll go quick. My thing is, uh, have you guys experienced uh, Clubhouse at all, or joined no. in on Clubhouse at all? I have a club. I have a membership, and the idea of sitting on conference calls when I'm not at work yeah. is just not a thing. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I, and I'm right there with you. Um, <laughs> but so so I I it was one of these things. I think. Uh, do you guys? Do you remember, I think it was Vero, like V-E-R-O? 
No. Was that okay. was that a group like a group VoIP thing? Also, it was it was like another kind of app. Yes. And everyone was like super excited about it. This was like maybe two years ago, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "This is the next thing." Like, I I put all my energy in Instagram, and you know now I need to broaden my horizons. And they everyone went to this thing, and okay. and then like a month later. No one like I I I think I I got my name because that's what I do now is like I always try to like get my name, uh, but no one ever did anything with it. So that's what I thought Clubhouse was gonna be, um, and you know I still don't know. I, like I, the verdict is still out, um, because for the same reason that, like you said, Vincent, it's it it feels it's kind of like a cross between like a conference call and a podcast and those types of things. Mm-hmm. But what I will say is that there are some communities that are pretty awesome that are are forming that that don't form on uh, on there's no there's no other place for those that that kind of uh, community to form and um, and so uh, Leanne of Hemlock and Hides um, she she has brought me into this uh, leatherworking community uh, and the, uh, room is what they call it I guess on. Uh, on it and i've met a bunch of people that i never would have met before and uh so like stock uh so parker from stock uh stock and barrel who Mm -hmm. i think she talked about on the podcast but he's huge on youtube and stuff like that and again that's not this that's not what it's about but like i i talked to him tonight and that was fun and uh and it's just another way of casually meeting like other amazing people that are interested in what you're doing and it, it you know i'm I, like i said i'm still a little bit here and there in terms of how much i want to commit to it but mm-hmm. it is nice you can kind of just go on onto it and listen like while other people talk and while you're in the shop or whatever so you can do that or if you want to participate there's another way of participating with a group of people kind of like a podcast um but not but much less informal so it's it's cool. So that's my thing of the week. It's it's kind of a loose thing of the week because I think it's not for everyone and it's not for every group. But I think it is kind of fun for for a hand like for a group of people. And if you find the right like the right um, whatever it's called, it it can be really fun and really a good way of meeting new people. And for for example, like I've met a lot of really truly leather workers that i probably wouldn't have met on instagram outside of clubhouse so okay yeah i mean i'm not i'm not i it's funny my my objections to it aren't really even objections they're just like uh, i don't know another thing it's another thing yeah it's another thing and i don't have time for the things i have now but i have been told by numerous people that i probably need to check it out and in fact there's a whole Jason Jason Stapleton's private clients. Mm-hmm. Um, there's actually a room that we can that that's kind of in the that's been set up for us, and it's one of those things where I kind of want to do it, but I, I feel like oh, if I go down that rabbit hole, it's just going to be it's just it, going to be a thing. But but I've heard I've seen people like Joe Rogan's on it. Um, I've seen. Elon Musk uses it. Um, there is some. There's some heavy hitters. There's some heavy hitters that are for using sure. it, and you can just jump in, and you don't. You don't always get to participate, but you can at least listen to some interesting conversations. Yeah, so. I mean, I think that's what I mean. It, it's 
basically like if you don't want to participate and you just want to listen, it can be a podcast. Mm -hmm. I think the other aspect of it, though, is it does lend itself to being an interactive podcast for people that, you know, whenever you want to hop in, you can hop in. Yep. It's that kind of thing. And 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 you get to for people that aren't going to be guests on podcasts all the time or aren't going to be Joe Rogan's and stuff like that. It's another way of kind of meeting new people and being able to interact um, very casually without a lot of like hoopla. So yep. it's, so, it, it is what it is. It, it, I'm not, again, I'm not saying it's for everyone. I'm not saying it's going to last forever. It's just it. I found that the community that uh, Leanne brought me into is really, really cool. I've met a bunch of cool people I from it. So I think it's a cool, I think it's definitely a cool app. No doubt yeah. about it. I think yeah. the, the potential to, the potential to niche in with some people that are into what you're into and actually talk because talking right. is a lot better than text is probably not a bad thing. That's a, that's a good pick. Well, actually. And, and it's, it's one of those things too, where there you can kind of opt in or opt out. So if you just want to like have it on in your shop mm-hmm. while you're doing other things, and not participate and just listen that's fine and then if you do want to participate you just hop in so it's it's kind of that kind of thing too so shoot me a message people vincent at because we make.com if you have a community that you think could get me into clubhouse you think i'd be a good fit in by all means send it over to me and maybe i will check it out maybe i'll i'll t- i'll actually t- open the app i i opened it long enough to get my name and then shut it down again. yeah well it, I, everyone else has like picture like uh pictures of themselves mm-hmm. and I'm you have like, your logo. <laughs> I have my logo. Exactly. So <laughs> I'm do. definitely not doing it right at all. Yeah, um, and, they, and they still they still are super welcoming. So oh, hey, so that's what it that's what a community should be. Right. Yeah. But that's another uh, shout out. That's my that's my half, Jeff. That's my yeah. half well, thing of the week th- is Hemlock on Hyde. They're always super supportive and uh, and really they, they bring me into the leather community, leather working community, uh, even when yeah. I. Leanne and Nick are yeah. just two of the best humans oh, on earth. They're like, freaking that, awesome. That's all there is to it. They're, they're, they're freaking awesome. There's no other way to put it. They're two of yeah. the best humans on earth. And yes, for sure. We're lucky to call them friends, to be honest uh, with you. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I hope that someday we all get to hang out. But You know what mm. else Leanne and Nick are? What? They're also... They also... Uh, yes. They're also... I don't know. What do we call these people? I guess we can call them patrons because they do technically patronize our podcast. But I'm trying to think of a way of forming coffee and patrons into one word. They're coffee Jeff. buyers. We'll call them there coffee buyers. Um, coppers? 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 Coppers For, would work. Yeah. That's not a bad one, coffee cups. Um, yeah. Leanne and Nick from Hemlock and Hyde. Dave from Atomic Airships, Airship Works. Emily Joyce. Ed from Ed's Clocks and More. Rory from RLL Woodworks. Chris from Full Steam Designs. Oh, look. Jeff Stein. A oh, weird guy. Awkward. Um, Debbie Haddock, Jerry Hyduke, Joey from JH Custom Woodcraft, Dean Duplantis, Jacob Anguiano from Native Sun Wood Art, Robert J. Keller, Scott from Dad It Yourself DIY, Grant Alexander, Tony Langer from Langer Works, Jacob from Other Dog Designs, Jake from iMakeJake.com, Al Schultz from New York Woodworks, and Justin Ulfler. Bear Make It, thank you so much for your financial support of this very show. It goes to a good place, and we really do appreciate it. That's if you can't support... It. If you can't support the show financially, share the show, leave a review. We just got another amazing review today that made me uh, made me smile big time because there's two inside jokes in it. And one day we're going to have just Ethan and I again, and we'll do a little review and Q&A type show. But 
that day is not today. But anyway, whatever you do to support the show is really great. And we really appreciate it. It helps keep the show going and helps get us into more ear holes. And that's really what we're all about is getting into those ear holes. So thank you for doing that. And thank you for everything. And because you all did that, we hit a major milestone last week. Major, major milestone last week. We hit 40,000 downloads since right, the start I don't of know this what that podcast. Number means. And to put that number in perspective so you realize how insane it is, it took one year to get to 10. And now on the eve, because our next episode will be dropped when we hit two, on the next episode, we will have we will be over 40,000 which means we picked up 30,000 in the second year of this podcast. Guys, I I say it all the time and I truly mean it. That means the world to us and thank you so much for everything. Thanks for supporting the show in all the ways that you do it. You know, whether it's financially, whether it's sharing the show, talking about the show, um supporting our following us on Instagram is a thing. I mean, if mm-hmm. you you want an easy way to do that, follow us on Instagram, keep up with our stories and share those when we post stuff. We've been posting more stuff each week. We have a new feature where our guest gets a little mini profile on Fridays and call follow our guest Friday, you know, stuff like that. We also put the things of the week in a cute little carousel there for you guys. so You can find them. We're trying to do a little more there. Feel free to follow us there at um, Instagram.com slash because we make because we actually have our own Instagram account for the show now instead of just being on our own stuff. But it's just great how much you guys have supported the show. This The little show that could, that no one was going to listen to, that everyone ended up listening to. So thanks for that. One of the people that's been there since the beginning is our guest, Jeff. And thank you, Jeff, for coming by tonight. It was fun. Finally, it's weird. It's one of those, as Jason Stapleton calls it, 2019 friendship. But right. been talking to you for years, and now we finally got to talk to you on the podcast. So it's been great. Well, it's it's been a great time i have a lot of fun on here um i'd like to just thank you for having me on at all um as far as the numbers are concerned i might be the least known person you've ever had on this podcast (laughs) i mean just by the numbers i'm i'm under a hundred youtube subscribers and still under 300 instagrams so i don't know if you've ever had anybody with lower numbers than me and but, yet, and yet you're still an interesting human. It's almost well, like those have no relationship. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and that's what it's about. For sure, though. I, yeah. I'm glad I could uh, show up and uh, represent the guy that's just sitting there working in his shop and trying to make cool things. Because you, you don't get to hear from us quite as often because we usually don't stand out quite that much. I mean, most of the guests go to the, either the the popular YouTubers or the popular Instagrammers or the people who are just making a massive business out of their shop somehow. And just, just the little guy working in a shop just doesn't seem to get as much attention because they usually haven't got as much interesting going on, you mm-hmm. know, but you know, I, I got to give you guys credit because I, I give you guys a lot of credit for the numbers that I do have. Because this time last year, I think I had 20 Instagram followers. And I have to appreciate that two of them happened to be you. Um, <laughs> both of you were, the two, were two out of those first 20. But, 
you know, I, I figured out in the last year that you get yourself out in the community and you try to take place in things, you know, you take part in events and competitions and, uh, hashtags and mm-hmm. be part of the community and interact instead of, well, you know, I used to just sit there and scroll through my feed and go, Oh, that's nice. And looking at famous people's feeds and they've already got, you know, Colin Furs 7,000 likes on it. It's like, Oh, well, he's not even going to notice. Why should I bother? You know, <laughs> I'm not going to comment when there's 400 comments on a post. He's not going to find it. True. You know, but then, you know, you start following, you know, the cooler people with more down to earth numbers and you talk to them and you interact with them and you tell them how great they are and then they notice you and suddenly you become part of a community and things start to build. And that's how you get one man alone in his shop into another viable member of a community. You just got to get out there and work at it. And I I appreciate uh, all you guys have done to help me find my community. And uh, you have no, how no idea how much that means, Jeff. And that's exactly what I hope. So, yep. That's why, that's why we don't have, that's why every guest isn't a celebrity on the show because sometimes, you know, it's, you, you want to introduce a cool guest to the rest of the world, you know, even if they're, they don't have to have massive numbers to be an interesting person. And it's, it's part of, part of the community. It's nice to look, I mean, if we get a massive guest and the episode just blows up, that's a great feeling. Right. But it's also really cool for people to come back to me and go, wow, I don't know where you found that person. I'd never even heard of them before the episode, but now I'm following. It's like, good. That's what I want to that, do. That, that, that's that, and and that is way more rewarding. That hits and, me. And, yeah, that hits me right in the feels when I go when mm-hmm. I hear someone go. I never even heard of them before this podcast. Yeah. So that's great. I'm glad. I'm glad that you. I'm glad that it pulled you out of your shell a little bit. And it, you know what? It does that for us too because it's got me. You know, messaging people that I would never have the stones to talk to. Well, and and also thank you. I mean, thank you, Jeff, for being part of our community because. Mm-hmm. Uh, this podcast is a community and it, it really, is. I mean, it really is. And, and especially with the challenges and you have jumped in full steam for both, both challenges. And you've just always been such a supporter of us um, and the podcast. And it, it, it really does mean so much. I mean, I'm speaking for us, Vincent, but it means oh, so well. much for me. <laughs> and, and, and I'm assuming Vincent as well. It just, it, it really does. It, it's, yeah. That's why we do this. Uh, if we if if we didn't have people like you that listened and that cared and that got value out of it, we wouldn't do it because why would we? You know. So thank no. you, Jeff. There's no reason to do it if nobody cares, right? It's That's it's true. all about cultivating a big group of people who understand your kimono jokes. <laughs> exactly. It's a lot of people have seen inside my kimono these days, and I ain't mad at it. <laughs> and we will have all of Jeff's all of Jeff's yes. links in the show notes for this episode, like we usually do, including the links to the things of the week. And we'll have on the Instagram story. I don't know if you guys follow, but if you don't, on the Instagram story, everyone that we mention generally gets a mention on the Instagram story when we post an episode. So if you're trying to find someone, hit up the Instagram story at becausewemake.com and you can find in the story announcing the episode, you can usually find a bunch of ads and those are all the people we talked about in case there's somebody in there you don't know anything about. Um, 
that's going to do it for this week. We are we're done. We actually have, and I need to just take a quick look. Nope, next week. Okay, next week. Next week, we actually have something we don't ever do on this show. We have returning guests. Yes. You're going to have to tune in next week to find mm-hmm. out who it is. Mystery. You're going to enjoy it. It's going to be it's going to be a fun one Mysteries. because next week's episode is going to represent our 2-year anniversary essentially. And this is a guest that was very early on and took a leap of faith being on a podcast that no one had ever heard of and showed up to talk to us. Well, actually, I'll give you tell you how old it is. Showed up to talk to me. It was no Ethan. That's uh, how long the ago. Point, then? That, I kidding. know, right? Like, why that's would anyone kidding. listen to that? So <laughs> the first ever return guest uh, that's not named Dave Swiduck will be on next week. <laughs> I hope, I'm looking forward to talking to that guest, and I'm hoping you're going to enjoy listening. But until then, have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you then. Bye.